because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to really peer into yourself and see what you want to change, um, to get a better look close up at um, your flaws and insecurities. They were glaring. When I did not have a job, I it might not it might not seem like this to other people. Um, yeah, you know the people who knew me kind of through that period. I did not feel like myself. I felt like, you know, I, I was just like demanding. I was demanding of myself. I need to do this. I need to do that. Your plan's not working. It just, it got to a point where I was like, okay, you need to change because this is not sustainable. It also revealed to me some insecurities I had around um, being employed, not being employed. Even though I knew I have a great network and I know wonderful people here. A lot of people helped me through. Um, but still, when you're by yourself and you have been taught that judgment yields results, you know, criticism makes you better. It's just like thrashing yourself. It was not, it was not fun. My name is Camille Moore. I'm 26 years old. I live in Washington, D.C. And I am working in the energy policy space as a senior consultant. Everyone wants to be fully known and fully loved by someone, and some spend their whole lives searching for that person and never find them. Yet, there are a few who stumble on a valuable truth hidden in plain sight. The only human that can fully know and fully love you is you, and self-discovery is the only route to the destination we call known. Welcome to The Known Podcast, where we listen to the stories of those who decide to take that journey. Today, I have Camille Moore here with me. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Sure. How about you tell us, what is your story? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so I am from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm really a transplant from upstate New York, Rochester, New York. Um, grew up in the South, love the South, love Alabama. And um, I think that I've always been really interested in policy, um, just kind of the journey of, um, I guess the American story, being a transplant, living in both the North and the South. I think from a young age, it gave me a, a perspective of, um, I don't know, transience and in transience, like what are the good qualities of humans? And I think those really good qualities are service. So found myself in DC working on policies that I believe in that are important in the nation's capital. That's been an interesting ride. I've been here for maybe about four years. So got to experience a lot, but I think the the common through line of all that is um, being in the capital to serve the American people and loving this country the way, the way that only a black person, a black woman can. So, mm. yeah. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. Oh, wow. Okay. I think, <laughs> no, I mean, loving this country the way only a black woman can, that's very specific and unique because yeah. in order to really love something, you have to also be willing to challenge it. And I think black women mm -hmm. can challenge and love in a very unique way that's unique to only us. Yeah, I agree with that. So in order to do all of that, I'm sure you've had to, at some point, do some self-discovery work in trying to understand who you are as a transplant, as a person who loves 
policy as, mm-hmm. as all of those things. So what has your self-discovery journey looked like? It's interesting. I think living alone sparked a lot of, um, a lot of growth, whether I was ready for it or not. I think I grew in a lot of different ways, ways that I'm really grateful for. But ultimately, I think at least my self-discovery journey um, is every day it never stops. I think that there are peaks and valleys, you know, realizations. But I think if you're living life the right way, every day should, every moment and every day should really bring you new information about yourself um, and who you are, who you're becoming, who you're not anymore. So. Yeah. So what does that look like in an everyday? So if you're learning about yourself every day, how does it look to live a life full of self-discovery? I, you know, I haven't lived anyone else's life. So I guess I can't make a broad kind of judgment that every day should be about self-discovery. But I think it it really involves paying attention to yourself. Um, you know. You can't really work on things or work on yourself, you know, work on your strengths, work on your weaknesses without moments of pause. So I'd say we all have, I guess, moments of solitude or can create those or want to create those sorts of things in our day. I think that doing it every day and, you know, giving yourself five minutes or two minutes or even just a moment of self-reflection to say, you know, where am I right now? What's my awareness? What am I doing? What am I passionate about? Um, sometimes you have the answers and sometimes you don't. But um, I'd like to think that everyone has, even if they're not full minutes, at least moments or glimpses of that sort of thing. Mm. And in those moments, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you reflecting on? Me personally? Well, I, I have set up a practice for myself that involves those sorts of moments. So whether it's five minutes, whether it's maybe 10 minutes, usually in the morning, not so much when I'm going to sleep, but in the morning um, and with the blessing of being able to work from home, I think I take a little more time to just kind of sit in my feelings, sit in the moment, just check to see where I'm at. Not necessarily where I want to be. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of demands that are on our bodies right now when it comes to the pandemic, when it comes to relationships, keeping ourselves healthy, keeping our bodies healthy. There's a lot of energy that wants to pull us in this direction or that direction, news cycles, all those things. So being able to check in with yourself, it's a practice that I'm developing um, to just either write or to, you know, clear my mind or to think about things or maybe, you know, take a shower or go for a walk, something that's just for myself at the beginning of the day is, um, those are things that I treasure. Yeah. What's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself during these moments? Mm. Well, I would say the moments that I have realizations, the moments where I feel like I actually have gathered enough thoughts to make a conclusion about myself or about something happen in the moments when I'm journaling or when I'm really kind of putting things together. Um, And that in itself, I think, has happened the most for me, I think, in my 20s, most definitely. I was a journaler before my 20s, but, um, you know, like I said, living alone, um, pandemic, a lot of different things, I think, have offered me moments 
um, moments that I treasure. I've been changing a lot. <laughs> I've been changing my relationship to God. I've been changing my relationships some. Um, and if I'm not changing them, I'm definitely reassessing where I am, what I need, mm. those sorts of things. Maybe one specific thing that I've learned about myself is that I cannot be separated from God. That's mm. like, I think a very deep core sort of thing. And there are like maybe a lot of different examples of that. But um, for me, when I say changing my relationship to God, I think it all sparked with me changing the way that I talk to myself or just being more aware of it. And that in turn has caused me to look at God in a different way. It's like a very personal relationship that I am feeling a lot more ownership over and a lot more open with and a lot more honest with. So I'd have to say it's my um, inseparability. I, I don't feel as separate or as um, beholden to God, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't feel like it's a relationship that I have to um, um, earn my way through. I don't think my desire for God has decreased or you know, my need for him. I, I think I still understand those concepts, but I think before it was a very, and, you know, growing up Adventist, I think I was exposed to a lot of legalism when it came to God. Follow these rules. Mm -hmm. This is how you get close to God. This is how, you know, you do this. This is how you do that. And I think the rules around that are really changing for me. I'm not as stringent because I'm realizing that because nothing can separate me, I don't have to earn my way into mm -hmm. God's grace. Those sorts of things. It's interesting that you say that I'm a really big proponent of growth can't happen in a bubble. And so when you mm -hmm. do self-discovery work, when you do emotional work, it seeps in the work that yeah. you're doing in your emotional health is seeping into your spiritual health and the, mm -hmm. the way that you see God and the, the way that you see yourself in relation to God. I think it's inevitable. Um, and so I always encourage people when you're trying to hit a specific goal in a specific domain, not to mm -hmm. neglect the other ones because they can mm -hmm. help mm -hmm. or hurt. Um, so it was really interesting to hear you say the more you started focusing on the way that you were talking to yourself mm -hmm. really changed the way that you saw God. And I, I have a very similar story as well. Um, so that was very interesting. What word would you use to describe this phase of your life? Oh, um, I thought about this one a lot. I think it might be renewal. It could just be the word renew, you know, um, renewal of practices, you know, it's also kind of a complete change. So I don't know if I'm renewing the same thing, more like renewing or transforming into something new. So that's the word with some context. Evolving. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier about mm -hmm. some insights that you've discovered along your journey and how it's impacted some of your relationships, your reevaluating and things like that. Can you talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit more about that? How has your self-discovery journey impacted your relationships with others? Yeah. So, uh, you know, first of all, I think from the moment you're born, you know, every single day you're changing. Um, that's what makes reflection so very important when you're actually able to do that in a productive way. Um, 
when I say relationships, I really mean every single relationship, the relationship I have with my parents, each of them, um, understanding that more, learning who they are more, my sisters, you know, really being able to assess the role yourself and the actual relationship that you have with people. Um, work relationships have been very, very interesting, kind of tumultuous. You know, I had a period um, last year when I'd finished a, a fellowship here in Washington, D.C., and I was just sure that, you know, things were going to go my way, the way that I had envisioned them in my mind. My plan was going to go, um, you know, I was going to go from A to B, B to C. It was just going to go the way I wanted it to. And then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Things were just not, you know, the way that I wanted them necessarily to be. So a lot of work relationships, I kind of began to examine those, um, you know, and even I think like with my really good friends, realizing who could help me in that situation, um, forgiving those who could not, um, you know, romantic relationships, you know, do I have the energy to be dating? Do I not have the energy to be dating? Um, you know, what you're going to accept, what you're not going to accept, all of those. So needless to say, it has not been fun all the time. <laughs> it has not been yeah. fun. Um, yeah. Because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to really yeah. peer into yourself and see what you want to change, um, to get a better look close up at... Um, your flaws and insecurities, they were glaring. When I did not have a job, I, it might not, it might not seem like this to other people. Um, yeah. You know, the people who knew me kind of through that period, I did not feel like myself. I felt like, mm. you know, I, I was just like demanding. I was demanding of myself. I need to do this. I need to do that. Your plan's not working. It just, it got to a point where I was like, okay, you need to change because this is not sustainable. It also revealed to me some insecurities I had around um, being employed, not being employed. Even though I knew I have a great network and I know wonderful people here, a lot of people helped me through. Um, but still, when you're by yourself and you have been taught that judgment yields results, you know, criticism makes you better, it's just like thrashing yourself. It was not, it was not fun. Yeah. Um, so coming out of that lightly, I can't say that I'm fully out of that because I think it takes a long time to unlearn that type of dialogue, but yeah. Yeah. That's probably one of the things I have the hardest time unlearning. Um, Mm. and we're in a pandemic and it's requiring a different level of emotional health to stay yep. emotionally healthy. So it's, it's mm-hmm. requiring a, a different level of energy to be able to be emotionally healthy, to be able to do the work that is not fun most of the time. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you're like, oh, I want to start my self-discovery journey, and it's going to be all roses. I'm sorry, it's not, <laughs> but it's worth it. Yeah. Shout out to the people who feel like they are, sometimes we don't want to, we don't want to change. I don't know if I told myself, I want to start my self-discovery journey, you know, that I I want this stuff to happen. Cause if you would have told me that this is what I'd be going through, I'd be like, no, (laughs) not interested. Actually, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm great. I don't want to learn any of this, but um, yeah, just embracing the twists and the turns, being gentle with yourself. You have to be. Mm -hmm. you have to be 
because all this grind culture that people want to put into like emotional work or relationships or it really doesn't work like that or it has not worked like Mm -hmm. that for me so I'm not trying to grind my way to results thank (laughs) you (laughs) me either Uh uh-uh no um I said this morning to myself you know there's the golden rule treat others as you want to be treated and I've realized for me I have to flip it and I have to Mm -hmm. treat myself the way that I treat others Mm -hmm. because sometimes the way that I treat myself I would never I would never say those things to another human being (laughs) You know, I would never judge another human being as harshly as I judge myself. Mm, And so I'm consciously working on treating myself the way that I treat my closest friends. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. (laughs) You mentioned earlier um, about some of the things you were going through um, Mm -hmm. when you were unemployed versus employed. Can you talk to me about what the intersection between your self-discovery journey and your career journey has been? Um, you know, we live in America. It's a capitalist country. Also was raised Christian, a religion that you might not be able to tell by reading the Bible and meeting someone who's Christian. But I think a lot of what we're taught is, um, or what we see, at least in our section of Christianity is, you know, you earn respect through doing. You earn worthiness through um, through actions and accomplishments rather than just being. Um, mm. So, you know, living in the society that we do, I don't know if I know, me- I know some people, but I don't know many people who separate, who fully separate career from their self-worth. Um, mm. Unfortunately, that is something that we do. I would love to become, and I think I am becoming the type of person who can rationally kind of separate those two and start to decouple. And I think a lot of that came this summer through my period, but being unemployed and kind of the uncertainty of how you're going to pay for things, how you're going to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, I'm someone who kind of was prepared for that period right after the fellowship. Because, you know, I'm also choosy. I know what I would like to do, where I'd like to be. It, it took a lot out of me because I think my, my, all the alarms were going off. It was just like, you know, be disappointed with yourself. Be angry with people. Um, you know, be, um, be sad. Feel like the world's against you. You know, lose some hope. It was just like all these alarms are going off. You're like, you're not triggered by all this. And I think my inner self was unbothered but that ego part of it you know um and and I didn't even it's funny there wasn't a a large group of people who knew exactly what I was going through this is my internal judgment and dialogue yeah so um that it was it was rough but I think in that in that in that time I also started to realize the need for like a spiritual change um just started to plug in more, gave myself some, some more time to clear my head, just some meditative things I was able to do. And, um, I think right at that intersection of self-discovery, um, and also, you know, trying to provide for yourself in this world, um, 
for me, it was self-worth that was there. Um, Mm -hmm. Not my whole self-worth, but it was definitely some self-worth that I was kind of brushing up against at that intersection. Now, I think that I am building a lot more trust because there there will always be transitions in life. Even for the people who want to claim that they're fully stable, that they have everything together. We look at people and we say they have everything. they made all the right moves. They did X, Y, and Z. Um, the only thing that we know for sure is that things will change. And the only thing we know for sure, for sure, is that we're going to die. So within those <laughs> two things, it's kind of like, girl, you really better get good at being able to roll with the punches, roll with the accolades, roll with the tears. Um, And remember that you're human. We were not born with like this exoskeleton armor that makes us immune to stuff. It is okay to curse, maybe not someone out, but it's okay to just (laughs) curse sometimes, to just cry, to be mad, to, to feel those emotions. I think that I used to be the type of person who would rationalize through things. Um, But I'm letting go of the need of having to explain things with, to to explain things. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't always help. I feel you. Um, I didn't realize that I was judging myself for the way that I was feeling. So Mm. if I was sad or if I was upset or if I was angry, I would judge myself for that as opposed Mm. to just sitting in it and feeling it and processing through it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's not something we learn how to do. We're taught to be afraid. And what you said earlier, we're taught to want to be respected. And if I can't respect myself for what perceived, what I perceive people should be respected for, then why would other people respect me? And mm-hmm. so reteaching myself and relearning and unlearning and relearning yeah. again and again and again. Yeah. Trying to work on the same, the same messages because we've heard them for so long mm-hmm. that trying to program those new messages takes a while too. Talk to me about your self-discovery journey as a Black woman. So this season is dedicated to Black women. We're out there doing the thing and you are doing the thing and you're doing the work. Tell me oh, about your man. self-discovery as a Black woman. Mm-hmm. What has that been like for you? Well, first of all, it's beautiful. And it's also a privilege because I don't know if a lot of people either take the time or get the chance or really cherish the opportunity to develop self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's like, that's in this time that we're in right now. That's for my ancestors. That's for women who raised me, family who raised me. Not everybody gets that opportunity in their lifetime. Um, Mm -hmm. So one, it's a privilege. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, I'm an American Black woman. So white supremacy is a unique part of, of, um, I don't want to say my identity, but a force that is, that has shaped my life, you know, whether I know where it ends, where it begins, where it starts and where I start. Um, it is something that wants to shape how I view myself, how I see myself, um, how I dream, all of that. It wants to shape, you know, the clothes that I wear, the products that I buy, everything. So 
as a black woman, I think it is really important. And I feel so fortunate to be living in this time period that we are now, because it's like Mia, you and I have been chosen to live, to be adults in 2021, 2020, (laughs) where it's a pandemic outside, you know, it's, it's several different crises, um, unrest in, you know, we're also American. So unrest in a society that is supposed to be like the bastion of freedom and hope and all that, you know, corrupt politicians, you know, just depletion of, of, of funds, just like mayhem. And here we are talking about how we're developing ourselves and Mm -hmm. becoming better people. It's just like, yeah, it's kind of rich. Yeah. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You mentioned earlier, self-discovery is a privilege. And that's something I've talked about before. When you look Mm -hmm. at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Self-actualization is at the top of the pyramid. And Mm -hmm. so if you don't have food, if you don't have safety, if you don't have um, your social needs taken care of, you're Mm -hmm. never going to reach the top of that pyramid, the top of that hierarchy to Mm -hmm. actually be able to do the self-discovery work. And so Mm -hmm. the fact that we're able to do that, the fact that our needs are met, the fact that we know where our next meal is coming from and that we have secure jobs and, um, all that it's literally a privilege, especially as a black woman mm, to be able yeah. to have enough of our needs met yeah. to be able to do the self-discovery work that we do. I think to your point, there's also a lot to be said about having those things be provided for you and also realizing that it can all be taken away. <laughs> like your security, you don't have security anywhere. You know, no place actually wants you to rest. I feel like that can make you more grateful for the things that you do have and more willing to help others um, secure life and, you know, what they need to be able to live this life. I think that's why I'm drawn to the work of policy, you know, because, you know, also thank God that we live in a society where we have representatives who have to listen to us, you know, when you're loud enough, <laughs> well, you know, who have to listen to us and provide for us programming. And, you know, they're literally their jobs are to make our lives better. And not every country has that. Um, and it's, it's a responsibility as we've seen, all of it takes upkeep, democracy takes upkeep, self-discovery takes upkeep, um, you know, your relationship with God, your relationships, your body, all of it takes some tending to. Um, but that should all, that should hopefully make us grateful in the moments when it gets hard to do all that. Yeah. Gratitude. It all comes back. Yeah, It all comes back. The last question I have for you is from a game called We're Not Really Strangers. I am obsessed with it. Um, It is a great self-discovery tool um, to use with friends, strangers, family, all that fun stuff. Um, So the question I have for you is when Mm -hmm. was the last time you surprised yourself? Okay, so I think that I'm a really hard worker. I know that I'm a really hard worker and that I enjoy putting together good reports, you know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I was telling myself like, 
work from home is such a blessing because it is. But I think there are just times when I need to unplug and not be by my three devices or not be looking at the news. Um, so I think I surprised myself or the last time I really surprised myself was when I was just like, yeah, it's time to just take an hour, get up, go do nothing. Like don't go read, don't go, you know, open back up a report. Don't go and do something else. Go sit on your bed <laughs> and don't sleep either. Don't sleep. <laughs> if I wanted to sleep, I would have slept, but I didn't want to sleep. <laughs> but just like sit, sit, sit uh -huh. and breathe. Um, it's that's not always progress. like that. Yeah, that's, that's it's not progress. always like that. Yeah. But so it's a good surprise. Yes. And I really did just take an hour. I mean, maybe it was close to like 45 minutes, but um, yeah, so maybe not exactly an hour, but you know, I ate something, but then I just sat back down. I was just like, just sit, just mm -hmm. sit and breathe and sit and just be. So yeah. I don't know if it's a surprise, but I it's mean, something. I, I think <laughs> it's something that you didn't know that you needed or it's something mm -hmm. that you didn't know that you could identify your need and see to it, you know? Mm, yes. A gift. I didn't know I could give to myself. Yeah. It, which is just like permission. I gave myself mm -hmm. permission. Mm -hmm. Just go do it. And I was like, mm -hmm. really? I don't have to <laughs> warn my boss. Yeah. You know, like what if he's emailing me? What if something is, you know, literally the world kind of was on fire last week. So what if something mm -hmm. else is on fire? <laughs> You know, what if I'm not up to date on the latest tweet or the, you know, latest video from all that buffoonery? Um, I was like, no, I'm just going to sit and chill out. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with me, Camille. Um, tell the people yeah. how they can keep up with you. Sure. So I, <laughs> you could follow me on Instagram, but um what I will say is if you are interested in policy, working in DC, living in DC, um, if you have questions about being on the Hill, resume things, um, I am so happy to read cover letters, resumes, all those things, um, because so many people have done it for me since college, since high school. And I think it really has helped me get to where I am now. So, um, Reach out to me on Facebook, Camille Moore. You can reach out to me on Instagram, DM me, um, Camille.jpg. And I'm always happy to do that sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for being yourself. Thank you for being dope. Thank you, and... Nia. Yes. Also, I... Nia, thank you for creating this space. Um, yeah. it, is really it is really, really important. Um, to reflect. And I think even doing my own reflection, being able to reflect out loud is, is a really good thing. So you keep up the fantastic work and highlighting black women in a time when we are buckling up our Manolos and Louis Vuitton or whatever type of shoes we got on Skechers, whatever it is, Nike, whatever. I didn't mean to make that into a brand post, but <laughs> if you're rocking yeah. the Crocs, like, whatever you're putting on your feet just make sure it's protective go on your walk um but yeah it's a beautiful thing that you're creating 
And I hope that God honors you for creating a really nice space like this. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Known Podcast Season 2. I hope you walked away from this episode feeling encouraged to either begin or to continue your journey to the destination we call known. If you enjoyed this episode, if you feel like you grew as a result, we'd love to hear about it. You can leave us a review on Apple Music or Spotify. Or if you want to connect with us directly, you can follow us on Instagram at The Known Podcast. You can follow me, your host, at The Mia Darling on Instagram as well. I'm so grateful that this amazing Black woman decided to share her story with us. And I hope that you are empowered and inspired to share your story too. Let's all keep sharing our stories as we walk this path to the destination we call known. See you next time.